0: It is episode 158 of the God Stuff Podcast, where we go bigger, better, and deeper. A bigger impact for Christ in the gospel, a better understanding of scripture, how to interpret and apply it, and a deeper walk with God. Today we're going deeper. I want to talk about probably the central aspect of the Christian life, which is love, and specifically how to love someone who's hard to love, or actually loving someone who's hurt you. What is your debt of love to someone who's hurt you. It's a difficult topic, a difficult conversation. Some people are dangerous. Some people are truly unworthy. In a sense, we all are unworthy. But what do we do with those people in our lives who are in our lives and they've hurt us or they represent the danger? What do we do with those people? That's what I want to talk about today. And uh, I just hope we can get some freedom and understanding and clarity about the True Biblical Teaching on the Nature of Love. So that's what I want to do. Uh, this is brought to you by Veritas School of Biblical Ministry. If you've ever wanted to go beyond what you're getting in the typical church sermons and really, really go deep into theology, check out Veritas, the intersection of three circles. We have ministry skill training, we have theological foundation creation, and then we have instilling leadership influence. So if you want to live at the intersection of those three, check out VeritasSchool.life. You could put slash 100-series if you want to take the advanced boot camp, or you could put slash bootcamp if you just want to check that out. Anyway, thanks for being here. Let's get going on how to love someone who's hard to love. Welcome to the God Stuff Podcast with Bill Giovanetti, the home of grace-powered living, because grace isn't an app, it's an operating system. Here's Bill. In 1 Timothy 1 5, Paul writes, Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. He's saying that the outcome of all of the teaching and the uh, Christian way of life is love. And he says that love is coming from a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere faith. So first, let's understand where love is coming from. Love is coming from a pure heart, a good conscience, a sincere faith. In other words, love is coming from really the installation of grace uh, deep in your soul. So that's where you have your pure, single heart. That's where you have your good conscience, which has been cleansed by the blood of Christ. That's where you have your sincere faith, a growing faith in Christ and in grace and in the new covenant of love. So this is where you're getting your love from. We've had previous podcasts about love and specifically about the two kinds of love, which I just want to review really quick. So the two kinds of love that we're talking about as Christians are virtue love and attraction love. Attraction love is love that's based on attractive qualities in the other person. So that's romance. That's how you find someone to get married. Generally, that's um even friendship is a kind of love where you're interested in mutual things. you both like bass fishing. You're both like roller skating, whatever it is. And there's something in them, maybe it's their looks, maybe it's their money. I don't know. <laughs> there's something in them that you're like, okay, I find that person attractive. And that's very valid. However, that is very fickle because you know, if the qualities of the other person change, if they their looks go away or something, the love goes away. If it's strictly based on attraction, so that's where the other kind of love comes in, which is virtue love. Virtue love is based on qualities in you and in me, in the one who's doing the love. Attraction love is based on qualities in the other person, the beloved virtue love is based on the virtues and qualities in the lover, the one doing the love, the loving. So if you have virtue love, it means you are a mature human being who can, from the resources of your own soul, choose love. You can choose to say the loving word. You can choose to extend the loving hand. You can choose loving actions. You can choose to emote and to give your heart to someone in a loving way that will honor them and bless them and not manipulate them or control them. So that's The difference between virtue love and attraction love virtue love is enduring virtue love is deeper virtue love is more mature it's pretty much the last quality and virtue of the christian life that any of us develops is that kind of virtue love and the bible tells you that we have to love everybody we have a debt of love to everybody okay so how do you love someone who's hard to love so how do you love someone who's hard to love? And let me start with a couple of, with one frequently asked question. Can it be love if I don't feel anything? And this was asked actually last night at our men's Bible study. One of the men asked me, this is a, it's a great question. So if you don't feel something, does it still qualify as love? All right, let's just make a range. There is a range of emotion when it comes to true, legitimate, Biblical love, right? There's a range of feelings at the high end of the range. Love is passionate, intimate and emotional. This is called intimate affection. So when the needle is topping out intimate affection, it's the kind of love you have with your spouse in a good marriage. It's the kind of love you share with only a handful of people. It's a love reserved only for a very few people in your life. You're not intimately affectionate with everybody in your life unless you have problems, okay? So that's the first, the top end of the range of biblical love. Now, this is important because when I was a kid in Sunday school, I didn't get this. At the low end of the range, and it still qualifies as love, okay? At the low end of the range, we have detached cordiality. This is true love. You don't have to feel anything at all. You don't even have to know them or know their names. This is how you love a stranger. This is how you love someone you've never met. This is how you love someone on the other side of the world that you've never met. This is how you love people, which is detached cordiality. Detached cordiality means you have good manners. You don't slander them. You don't harm them. You don't take from them or use them or exploit them in any way. You're detached emotionally, yet you're cordial. You have decent human behavior toward another individual. You don't hurt them. That truly is biblical. Now, I'm going to pull up a scripture here. So let's see, Romans 13. Paul says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Get this. This is Romans 13, 10, the whole passage, Romans 13, 8 through 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That's the minimum requirement. Do no harm to a neighbor. Detached cordiality. Okay. So that's the Range of love from intimate affection to detached cordiality and everything in between. For intimate affection, only a handful of people. For detached cordiality, everybody, the whole wide world. Do no harm. And when you really look at the Ten Commandments, that's the essence of them. Do no harm. Don't murder. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't covet. You know, don't make their lives a living hell because you want what they have. So all of that, just leave them alone. That's the detached cordiality end of the spectrum of love. So, from low to high, there is a spectrum of love. Now, what about someone who hurt me? This can be a really painful and difficult problem for so many people. Uh, you had a father or a mother or family member who hurt you deeply. Maybe you had parents who neglected you. Maybe you had parents who harmed you, or a relative who abused you. And sometimes those people remain in your life, which is just really, really hard. So, you read in the Bible then that God says to love everybody and love your neighbor and, and all that. You go, really? How, how is that going to happen? How am I going to love that person? All right. Um, Luke 635, Jesus says, love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind. He is kind to the unthankful and evil. And there's a level of that that God is calling you to. So this is really difficult. Okay. Here's the principle. God expects you to love the people who hurt you, but this does not mean you have to be friends with them. This does not mean you have to be close to them. This does not mean you have to let them touch you or hug you. This does not mean you have to invite them over for dinner or fellowship with them. This does not mean that you owe anything beyond detached cordiality to them. Debt you have is a debt of love and the minimum level of love is do no harm, detached cordiality. Now, the exception is your spouse. Your spouse, you owe to work at it and get toward intimate affection. With your spouse, you made a vow to work on the highest expressions of love. But with the rest of the world, you don't owe someone who's cruel someone who's dangerous, you don't owe them a friendship, you don't owe them time, you don't owe them anything. If you consider them dangerous, don't let them near your kids. Just keep your guard up, but don't slander them. Don't go around telling the story everywhere, you know, unless you need to tell it to the law, which you should. I has got to make that decision for themselves. But God expects you to love the people who have hurt you, but this does not mean you have to be friends with them. And if you know that they've hurt someone else, you have to love them at the low end of the spectrum, but you don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to share your secrets with them. You don't have to trust them. You don't have to be in their presence, especially if you feel uncomfortable, okay? If they have all these issues, you read Proverbs twenty-two, 24. I've got a verse for uh, men and I have a verse for women. Proverbs twenty-two, twenty-four. make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, do not go. Someone's dangerous. Keep your distance. Create distance. Same thing for women. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Proverbs twenty-one nineteen. Create distance. Go out to the wilderness if you have to. But that doesn't mean you're going to slander them or defame them or try to wreck their lives or try to get vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's. It's legit to report crimes to police, but that's a whole different matter I'm going to talk about maybe someday. I don't know. So the principle here is to create whatever distance you need to feel safe. And practice detached cordiality, good manners and all of that. Can you be in the same room with them? Yes. But that just means you're sitting at the other end of the room talking with someone else. The least you owe is detached cordiality because you honor the image of God. When you're looking at a person who's like a really bad human being, still created in the image of God. We have to honor that. Still, we believe in the sanctity of life and there's life in them. We have to honor that within every person, even the bad guys, even the bad gals. And like I said, with your spouse. Now, if your spouse is dangerous, you need to create distance and call the authorities. But if you're married and your spouse is not dangerous and you can't play with the word dangerous there, then distancing yourself is not a biblical option. You're obligated to work toward intimacy as much as possible, as much as they are willing. It takes two here. You actually vowed to do this. So the principle is, do I have to love someone who hurt me? The answer is Yes, God expects you to love the people who have hurt you, but this does not mean you have to be friends with them. And I would just encourage you to seek out some kind of counsel or some kind of prayer if wounds from the past are dictating the quality of your life today or the quality of your relationships today. Do some work, you know, get some counseling, Christian counseling, always Christian counseling if you can swing it. Memorize some scriptures, learn your identity in christ identity in christ is everything when it comes to dealing with the traumas of our life because they mar our identity and you know we want to grow in love we want to grow mature christians love that's why first corinthians 13 11 says when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things that's in the love chapter that's about maturing as a christian moving toward the spiritual end zone, the spiritual high ground of spiritual maturity. And that kind of maturity is the bond of perfection. It is love is the bond of perfection. Christ will give you the strength. All right. So bottom line, create the distance you need to feel safe and have good manners. And that is the bare minimum of love for everybody, even those who have hurt you. I know this is simplistic. I know there's a lot more complication that can ensue. And hopefully you've got people in your life or a church where there is wisdom and there are resources that'll help you through all that. Okay. So there you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks for listening. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you see we've got a few more elements in, um, in the back here of kind of rearranged how I record. And I hope it's good. It's got a new microphone. I hope the quality's good. We'll find out. Um, and I've got over my shoulder here, if you can't see it, there's a neon sign with the word grace handwritten. And my daughter bought me that. That's from Josie for a birthday present. So I thought, what better place to put it than right behind me as I'm uh, doing my podcast, because grace is everything. Grace is, has been my main theme ever since I started my ministry a little while ago. Anyway, thanks for listening. Go check out Veritas School.life slash bootcamp. Go to the spiritual bootcamp and get mature in Christ. Take care. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the God Stuff podcast. Find out more at godstuff.tv.